0: This is Jeffrey Pfeffer, professor at Stanford Business School. I teach a class on power, and this is the Pfeffer on Power podcast, where every other week we have a guest on this show to talk to you about how to use material from my power class and seven rules of power to advance your career, or how to advance your career even without using that book. Today, our guest is the famous Marcello Miranda. Marcello... Uh, came to Stanford, got a degree um, in the Master of Science in Management. That's called the Sloan Program. Prior to that, he had a degree in engineering. Marcello is from Brazil. And I came to know Marcello when he one day sent to me a link to the leading business magazine in Brazil, where he was part of the cover story for CEOs of the future. It turns out if you're a CEO of the future, when you graduate you start out in your first job as CEO. Marcello was, in fact, a CEO of a company called Precon Engenharia, which is a regional mid-sized company in the construction sector in Brazil. The company was elected the most innovative, most sustainable, and the best place to work in the sector in Brazil. He has now gone on to another organization. We're going to talk about his career, and I'm going to begin by, so first of all, welcome uh, to the Pfeffron Power podcast, Marcello.
1: Oh thank you very much professor Sethfor. I'm really proud to be here and uh, it's amazing the constellation of stars that I've been listening here in your podcast. So really proud to be here.
0: Thank you. So let's begin by talking about how you almost from the beginning of your career, long before you took my class, how you built your brand and what you have done in terms of building relationships with the human resource associations in Brazil, basically how you have built your visibility first in Brazil, and then later we'll talk about your move to Spain. So how did you know to build your brand? How did you get this level of visibility in the Brazilian kind of executive marketplace? In the
1: beginning of my career, I had a lot of energy and I was trying to understand why some people advance and other people do not advance. So I was noticing that some people, even delivering, even with good results, they were not able to advance in their career. So it resonates with me with, well, what's going on? And it was my first click to understand that it wasn't only about delivering. It was only not about doing a good job. There are other variables that also count. And I've noticed, I don't know why in that time, but the people that was advancing, that was getting good results, they
0: were creating a positive image about themselves. So my sense is that you began writing articles for the company you were working for at that time, when a press would approach the organization, many of your colleagues were not interested because they thought dealing with the press was something separate from and got in the way of doing their main job. And so you really volunteered to be the face of your organization. And you were willing to write a lot of articles. And when the people turned the articles down, you didn't really care. You just kept and, and you were persistent. Is that true? Yes,
1: I was really young at the time with zero connections in the press. I started creating this content to various business subjects, to a bunch of journalists that I didn't know at the time. But slowly I was getting this pace with the journalists. I was creating these relationships and within my company, there were not too much people that uh, liked to appear. So I raised my hand for, you no, know, I'm available when they want. And step by step, I was creating this positive image. So the appearances and the awareness of my image were growing. So and that was really good at the time for me. So it it started creating by that.
0: Yeah. And you also, I think, did a bunch of things to make sure that you were connected in Brazil. So, for instance, you were a board member of the Brazilian Association of Human Resources. You were a board member for the Conscious Capitalism Group in Brazil. You were the former president of the board of the American Chamber of Commerce in Brazil. Talk about how you built those connections and why you were willing to spend that time.
1: When I started understanding a little bit better why uh, it was important to people, that the image was so important and i thought that that's why people want to be close with winners with people with good reputation i started thinking what are the structures that i can validate myself better so i started participating also in some institutions in brazil Since I was really curious about leadership, I got close to the Brazilian Association for HR and uh, I got good connections and I started uh, helping them uh, with the, how can I say, with the practical view from the companies. And then I got a place on their board. So I started on their board. Also, I had good connections in the US with friends and things like that. So... And also, I had connections in the American Chamber of Commerce in Brazil, and I started working with them. I started to create content for them also. I started participating in some events with them, doing some talks about business, and they invited me for the board. And later on, I was elected as the president of of the board of the American Chamber in Brazil in my city. So uh, in examples like that, I was visualizing that it was really good for me to have my image connected to things that work well. So, and that was to give confidence for the people who worked with me. So, uh, as I said, people like to work with winners. People like to work with people of good reputation. And that's the way that uh, even in the beginning, I started to create my own image.
0: Yeah. Can you tell the story of how you got to be on the cover of this major Brazilian business magazine for CEO of the future?
1: When I started my PR strategy and I started writing the articles for the journalists, my relations were growing with them step by step. And the appearances were growing. The awareness of my image was also growing. And I was somehow in my way to change my career from finance to general management. And one day, from nothing, it was a very good surprise for me. I received a call from my wife, and she was saying, "Marcelo, you are in the cover of one of the most prestigious business magazines in Brazil. What's going on? <laughs> you were nominated as one of the CEOs of the future in Brazil." And that was really happy for me because I was in finance, changing my career for general management, and nothing better than to be nominated as a CEO of the future if you want to be a CEO. So uh, it was—it really helped me in practice. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And you were also on the list of Brazil's 10 most important CEOs under 40 for Forbes Magazine. You were named the Executive of the Year in One Brazilian Magazine. You were a finalist for Entrepreneur of the Year in the Sustainability category for Ernst & Young. So you really, I think, have done an amazing job of understanding that if your career is going to advance, people have to know about you. And you're willing to spend the time to do that and to build a connection. So I think that was a, a very, very effective public. public relations strategy. So after you were the CEO of this construction company, you've now moved on to a different role in Spain. So describe why you made that move and how you think about that phase of your career.
1: That was a a really important move for myself because I was, I think, for nine years in this previous company with very good results and a long period of a CEO, because nine years nowadays is a long period for a CEO. And I was thinking, what to do next? And uh, the thing that was clear in my head at that time was that, no, I have to broaden my responsibilities and the way to test myself, to expose myself to new challenges is to pursue an international career. So that was my decision at the time. And I started looking and opening myself for international opportunities.
0: And how did you get the job? How did you actually make the move? And tell us a little bit about your current job and your current responsibility and the name of the company that you're working for.
1: Since I decided to pursue an international career, I started to work through my network and talk to people that I know that I was open for that. So uh, I was navigating through my network and telling for the headhunters, for people that I know, the consultants, the, the executives, that I was open to an international career. And one day I received a call from my headhunter with a position in a very big company in, in Europe. Uh, Consolids is the company that I work for today. They were the leaders in Europe for precast concrete, and they are very innovative and uh, sustainable company. And I really resonate what I was doing before in construction, developing sustainability innovations and things like that. And I was really happy with this uh, invitation. I was first hired to develop the business in Brazil for this component, and after Six months, I was invited to be the CEO of this company in Spain, which was really great for me, because then I will pursue the international career that I was looking for. Okay.
0: And so this company is really basically in a related business to the company that you have been CEO for. And the difference is now that you are working for this larger organization in Spain. Is that, that's basically correct?
1: This company is also in the construction sector. Uh, it's a much broader view of the construction because it's in 25 countries, has more than 10,000 employees, and it's a very international company. But somehow, I had the knowledge of the technologies and the things that I have done before. So I used a lot the things that I learned before to move fast, so to take advantage of my power in the beginning and move fast in this company. And it works. So my lessons from power worked well here. So even though it's a larger organization in a very international environment that I was not used to, I felt that it was a different situation, but with different players. But the strategy is the same. So I have to use the same strategies that I've used in the past, and it worked really well.
0: And, and so tell me... You, I think, have really exemplified a lot of the things that I teach in the class and which I write about in my books. If I were to say to you, what are the lessons that you have used from the class and from the books in building your career? What are the most important things you think you've learned in your now more than a decade long trajectory? Well,
1: I can tell a lot about that. But uh, for example, the most important lesson for me is using power for good. People has the wrong assumptions about power. I think that's because they usually only refer to power when they notice when it's used against them and not when they use in favor of them. So they have this wrong concept of power that can only be used for the bad. And what I've learned during the class, that even if you want to do the power for good, even if you want to do good things in life, for create things that are positive for the people, for the world or for whatever, you need power I used to make jokes with my children nowadays that uh, if there is a school for villains as well as a school for heroes, uh, power will be taught in both of them. So we need power if you're going to be the villain, you need power if you're going to be the hero. So uh, it's the same thing. And uh, it was thing that was not that clear for me in the past that I also had this romantic view of power that is most for the villains. But now I'm pretty sure that if I want to do good things in life, I need to have power. And I work a lot in Brazil, and I now also work with technology to develop a more sustainable construction sector. And also to use this to give uh, more access to the low-income people for good houses with sustainable houses and things like that. And even for that, I need a lot of power to make things really happen in in the practical way. Uh, Other lesson that I had from the class and for all the books of Process of Pfeffers is that you need to break the rules. Sometimes it's clear as water for us, but it's hard for us to see that rules always favor the strong players. Uh, It's clear, but it's much easier for us to play the expected, uh, to just do uh, the same things that uh, you are doing. That is okay, But if you really, really want to create something big, if you want to start something that will make a difference, somehow you have to break the rules. Of course, we sing your own ethics. So, uh, for example, once in Brazil, I decided to develop a product that was innovative, it was sustainable, and it would do a lot of good to low-income people in Brazil. But somehow the product was against the existing technical and fiscal rules of Brazil. So uh, I decided to develop it anyway and get some experimental license in the, in the government to put some on the ground. And even though fighting with big players on the market, as I can say, it's better to ask forgiveness than to approve and things like that. <laughs> so sometimes you have to, to break the rules to make things happen. And this product uh, makes the company grows twice or three times his revenues in three years. So uh, it was really, really important in the beginning to break the rules, not to do the same expect results doing the same things.
0: I think that's a very important lesson. The other important lesson I think that you, of course, exemplify, and it's one of the reasons why I wanted you on this podcast, is this idea that perception becomes reality, that if you're going to be successful, people have to believe that you're going to be successful. People have to have a positive image of you. Talk a little bit about that.
1: That comes together with the how can I say, that the concept of moving fast. So uh, if you can combine the two things of of creating your image of power, creating your image of success, then moving fast to use these images to make things happen, you have the perfect scenario. For example, when I started in this company in Brazil, that I I was CEO for nine years, it was a family-owned company, very, very traditional in the management, very slow in the decisions, very slow in the developments. And I decided to move really fast. So since I got this power from being the new CEO, it was a really new for the guys. I decided to just change a lot in the structure very fast. Just for example, to create an open office, to move the structure for a more horizontal way. Parallel to that, I was working in few but important business points to improve the results in a couple of months. And parallel to that, I started developing good prototypes for innovation that I have known the technology before and it could help in that company. When I entered a company that was developing a technology for low-income housing, I've noticed that they were very slow in the development. So they were good idea. There were a lot of good people. But they don't know how to make the things move fast. And I decided to put my hands on that. And I also carried sand and carried cement in my car to make the prototypes go faster. And after six months, we got it. uh, The prototype was developed, it was approved, and we were erecting our first building six months after that. So it was a very fast development technology. And we went to market very fast and the people were really, really happy that they participate in the things and things move fast around the power that I used to make things happen. So after a few months after that, the company knew that I was improving the results. I was developing innovations that were ready to go to the market, that I have changed the management structure. So I was there. So uh, even though for the shareholders, the door for the team, I created the image that I can do things really fast and that's give us power to continue the the journey.
0: Yeah. And also, I think that really illustrates a very important point, which is, you know, when you use your power to get things done, that helps build your reputation and it helps give you more power. So I think that really illustrates rule number six, which is use your power, get things done, move quickly. And then when you get results, you'll have even more kind of prestige and more power. So I like that. You also talk in your notes that you sent to me in advance of this about the importance of a narrative or storytelling, as you call it. Tell me what you learned, tell the audience what you learned about telling a story, telling a narrative.
1: I always like the art of telling stories. I like cinema, and as my father, I like a lot to write. So I have always been curious about scripts, about storytelling. In Stanford, I did a class of Professor Chip Heath that's called uh, How to Make Your Ideas Stick. And it was really about storytelling. It was a really funny class, but a really good one. And later on, together with my brother, I invested and founded a company about storytelling, about presentations. And uh, it helped me to always continue studying about it. And. It's really important for the leaders, not only what they say, but especially how they say the things. Sometimes readers are criticized for trying to create positive awareness for them. And that's mostly because they don't know how to create a good story or to create the environment for what are they telling. But creating narratives is really important, not only for the leader, but also for the team. And sometimes uh, when the leader creates a positive story for him, for the business, it's also reflecting positivity in the team. So you're doing good also for the people who work with you. And recently I have perceived other variable of that that I hadn't perceived before, that when you create a positive story for you, when you create a positive story for your company, you are creating also a good story for your team and also for your superiors, also for your shareholders, or for people who invest in you, for people that relate with you. So the storytelling is not only about you is also about uh, making the people that's around you feel positive and feel also like a winner. For example, on storytelling, once I was the CEO of a construction company in Brazil, we were working on a technology to help low income people, but it was a a different technology. It's something that was not usual for the. Brazilian market. So I had to create something to for, for make people aware of the, the benefits of the technology. And the story that we created, that if we use this technology to build all the low income houses that are built in Brazil in one year, we can save the amount of waste that are about two rounds on the globe of garbage trucks. So uh, can you imagine two rounds on the globe of garbage trucks only on the one technology of construction in Brazil? So that's the power of a story. So you can create some division that makes people resonate better as for calls.
0: Yep. And the story and the narrative you created, which is already something that you've talked about a little but I want to highlight it, is a narrative around two things. Number one, the construction industry and doing things that were sustainable from an environmental point of view. And the second piece of the narrative is around solving housing issues for low-income people. So it's low-income, sustainable. So you've created a message, not just about business results, but about doing good for the society, for the country.
1: Yes, in this way, the story that I'm trying to create, that I'm working on the last years is what I'm working on really in practice. It's not only about creating a story. This part is really important. It's not option. You have to deliver. So I've been delivering all the time innovations and developments and good projects on this way. And this construction industry very old-fashioned. There is a lot, a lot to be developed. And we need good examples. We need good innovations. We need good people doing good things. So uh, I'm trying to position myself, and I think I have position in Brazil, Now I'm trying to position in Spain, that we can do good things in construction by using technology to create more sustainable, more affordable, and more humanized construction for the people.
0: In your work, uh, not everybody is going to like what you do and and you will oftentimes, and this is certainly true in Brazil and it's probably true in Spain as well, you'll run up against opposition. So how do you deal with that? How do you think about doing things that don't always make you popular, or that people don't always like? It's really clear from me that
1: when I'm aiming to create some images and really by delivering and then working in my image that I want to make people happy around myself. Peers, people from other companies, competitors, somehow people that have the same intentions that I had, they would get jealous or whatever in the way. And it's relevant for me to always keep my authenticity, the focus on what I'm doing and not trying to shape to be more likable to other people. So uh, it was really strong this year, so I had to make sure that I am myself, I keep authentic in my journey. I don't care if people like it or not. In the end, uh, you are doing what you think for yourself. So I have some people during my career that it was clear for me that they don't like what I'm doing, but I'm not working for them. So I'm working for myself. I will work for delivering my message. I'm working for creating my image. And also I'm working for delivering the things that I believe for my beliefs, for my values and things like that. So keeping myself authentic it was really powerful during this journey. And the other thing that I've learned by keeping myself authentic we have to be flexible because there is people that you also you like and people that you don't like but you need to know how to work very difficult relations and uh, in work, you have people that you like and you have people that you won't like. And there is a lot of people that I face like that. When I was a young professional, I had the difficulty to work with people that I didn't like at that time. But I learned through the hard way during my career that it's really, really important to make the relations work, even though if you like or don't like the person that you are relating. So at work, you need to be less judgmental about people and get more into the practice of the relations and get things done.
0: Yeah. And I have one final question, and that is, as you think about, I mean, you're still relatively young, as you think about your career going forward, what do you think will come next for you? Do you have any idea?
1: When I think next is steps. I like what I do. I I want to continue doing it. The thing that I want to do is always impact more people for good. So uh, my thoughts for my next coming years: is continue to do what I do every day, impacting more people for the good. So uh, that's why uh, I'm really happy in doing what I'm doing now. And I think I will continue for the next years.
0: That's a very important lesson. It's a lesson I've heard in other episodes on the on Power podcast as well, which is about, you know, critical relationships have to work and you need to be less judgmental. So thank you for adding that. So, I want to thank Marcello Miranda for being part of the Feffron Power podcast. Marcello has built an amazing reputation and an amazing image by both delivering results, but also being open to work with people in the media and to have all of this recognition and to have an enormous amount of visibility. And visibility is important. I think you really illustrate a very important point. You know, as the old saying, if a tree falls in the forest and no one hears it, there's no sound. In order for your contributions, to become real, people besides you and your wife and me need to know about it. And I think you've done a really an exceptional job of building a brand and building a network of relationships, both in Brazil and in Spain. So this has been the Pfeffer on Power podcast. You can find me on jeffreypfeffer.com or pfefferonpower.com. We are on the Apple and Spotify and all your favorite podcast outlets. Every other week, we have someone on. Today, we have listened to the famous Marcello Miranda, who has talked about how he has received all this recognition, graduated from Stanford with his first job as being CEO, and how he has really built both a network and a reputation uh, that has made him successful and has provided visibility. Marcello, thank you so much for being on the Feffron Power podcast.
1: Oh, thank you very much, Professor Pfeffer for being here. I'm proud to be part of this amazing constellation of stars that I've been participating in this podcast and I hope you can help people to get their ideas, to get their things happen, for so them makes better difference in life.